There's no secret formula for scaling support and boosting customer satisfaction. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot, bringing service and support together in one powerful platform so you can deliver the best experiences possible and free up reps' time with an AI-powered help desk. Also, you can keep customers happy. Secrets out. Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. Good morning, everyone. It's Thursday, January 11th. I'm John Weigel here with Juliet Bennett-Ryla, and this is The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're taking a closer look at Carta, a venture capital firm and software company valued at $7.4 billion. Their latest eyebrow raising feat in a long line of questionable activity is about sharing confidential data from its customers. We'll get into that and much more, but first let's give you the hits and headlines today across business and tech. So kicking it off with some drones, Walmart is adding an additional 1.8 million households to its drone delivery service in Texas. The company is also launching new AI tools, including a platform to create virtual outfits and a tool that tracks shopping habits to keep your household items stocked clearly presenting some competition for Amazon in the near future. Speaking of competition, the EV race is heating up. Honda is making good on its $40 billion promise to introduce 30 new EVs by 2030. The car maker announced its new EV line called the Honda Zero Series at the Consumer Electronics Show with sedan and van models, so keep a lookout for that one. Next, LeBron James signed a multi-year trading card deal with Fanatics Collectibles after working with competitor Upper Deck for more than 20 years. It's not the first time James has jumped to a rival, though. He dished Coca-Cola after 18 years to work with Pepsi in 2021, so he's jumping brand by brand by brand. In live streaming news, Amazon-owned live streaming company Twitch is set to cut 500 employees, aka 35% of its overall workforce. This comes after two rounds of layoffs in 2023 as the live stream giant looks to try and make a profit, which they actually haven't done in the nine years since Amazon took over and even more before that. And finally, it's time to reveal America's best-selling alcohol last year. Despite my best efforts, it was not tequila. It was High Noon Hard Seltzer. High Noon sold a chart-topping 21.4 million cases, which is worth $1.5 billion in sales in 2023. Tito's Vodka pocketed the most cash, though. It's 12 million cases, produced $2.5 billion in retail. So, Juliet, what do you think about High Noon taking the top of the liquor market. I was actually pretty surprised by that. Not so much that it was a seltzer, because, you know, you pick up a a case and you take it to the party and, you know, it's not like a a bottle you have for a long time. I was just surprised that it was high noon, though, because I feel like I am aware of them, but I don't see them. Yeah, I... I guess I see them a lot here in stores because they are one of a few, at least in New York, I know that they're one of a few things that you can sell in an actual liquor store because Uh, we in New York have a liquor store and a beer store with the same name, but they have to be two different buildings. You can't sell them both in the same place. Yeah. So the high noons are always in the liquor store. So if you're in the liquor store, you don't have to go to the beer store. You just pick up the high noons. That's a New York problem. But generally, I feel like most people are having problems with the calories in beer and I think that's why White Claw got such a big push a few years ago, but that White Claw wave has kind of subsided and I guess it's all high noon vodka sodas nowadays. Yeah, I guess I would have expected it to be White Claw is, is the thing, but 
Maybe high noon just tastes better. I, I can't remember having a high noon, but my favorite seltzer was from this place. Uh, it's from Golden Road, which was a brewery here. I think it got bought by another bigger brewery. But mm. for some reason, their seltzers, they taste more like fruit than hairspray that's flavored with fruit, which is what a lot of seltzers <laughs> yeah, taste Yeah, because like most of them do taste like hairspray. And, and, and like, I, just, I don't know. I just don't like the... I like the citrusy ones, like the grapefruity yeah, ones and yeah. stuff like that. But I don't know. I strawberry like the sweet ones just they never really got to me yeah if anyone's in the neighborhood and wants to stop by for a fruit punch flavored truly they've been in my fridge for like six years or i don't know how long they're gross no one wants them they just sit there so you know so nice what a gracious host (laughs) all right moving on to our big story of the day it centers around carta a venture capital firm that seems to always have some controversy attached to its name The latest issue stems from misusing its own customers' data. Can you break this down for us a bit, Juliet? Yeah. So I'd been hearing a lot about this hot gas, I guess, for a while. And I was like, I don't I don't know anything about this. So they're a company worth uh, over seven billion dollars and they're big on the VC scene. Um, Basically, what they do is they manage and protect cap tables. So that's short for capitalization table. And that is essentially just a detailed list of a company's current and potential stockholders. And that is important info, obviously, for the company and then potential investors. And Card is a pretty big player in that scene. They manage that information for about 40,000 different startups. Okay. So then what happened was over on X, Kerry Saarinen, he is the CEO of a software startup called Linear, essentially posted that a salesperson at a Carta subsidiary that focuses on the secondaries market had contacted a Linear angel investor saying that they had a firm buy order to buy their Linear shares. Mm. And Sarnan said that this person that they contacted was actually a family member who had never publicly disclosed their investment in the company, was not really online or anything. Linear was never asked to approve a sale. So the question is, how did the salesperson know that this person was an investor and all of that information about the shares, the, the stock that they own and how much, et cetera? So Sarnan essentially suspected that someone at Carta used Linear's cap table to connect a potential buyer to a Linear shareholder, essentially doing something pretty shady because it's like you're supposed to be securely managing this data. And now it seems like one of your salespeople is using it for this other subsidiary company you have in the secondaries market. So big yikes. And this is all playing out in public, right? Because this is on X. So then the CEO of Carta, Henry Ward, was, you know, pretty upfront about the fact that, yeah, an employee did violate internal policies and said that it affected three different companies, including Linear, said that Carta would launch an investigation, reached out to the impacted founders. And then on Monday, he said that Carta would completely just drop the secondaries business so there'd be no conflict of interest. So just done and over with. Now it's just the cap table thing. Interesting. In in one way, like that feels like, okay, that's the thing you should have done. Like, you get rid of the rogue employee, you figure out what happened and why, and then you completely exit this thing so that it can never happen again. But at the same time, Carter has kind of been in a lot of controversy. Sarnan later said that he'd actually heard from seven different linear events investors and several companies, nearly 10, he wrote. I don't know if that means eight or nine. I, I, I don't know why I just didn't say eight or nine. But, uh, <laughs> nearly received, 10. Right, like... nearly 10 who had received similar messages. And, you know, it's like, Ward's like, well, I found out about three, but are there really nearly 10? Like, you know, how widespread is this problem? Is Uh, it more widespread than Ward thinks? Or has he admitted? 
unclear. Yeah, very unclear. And it seems like this isn't the first time that they've had some controversies, uh, one, a few odd controversies. Yeah, I, I've heard their name in the in the news cycle before. Yeah. So like looking into them a little bit more, they have been sued by former employees, women who are alleging sexual harassment, a toxic sort of guy's culture. A lot of ex-employees have said that Henry Ward, the CEO in question, is kind of weird. Basically saying he was demanding and vindictive. He definitely tends to put out memos and, and posts. He put out a memo about bad press that some people thought was really weird. I mean, that's kind of what he did with this. He put out a medium post that was like, oh, I looked into what happened here and I'm, I'm coming forward with everything I know about this situation. And guess what? We're leaving this, like, we're leaving the secondaries market. But occasionally, sometimes his memos people think are pretty weird. And there were clients that said Carter was erratic and difficult to work with, had poor customer service. And then the company also had several rounds of layoffs. And some of the things that I was reading is that those layoffs were very unexpected for, for people who were impacted by them. So it seems like they're just kind of having a, a bad year uh, or a bad yeah. couple of years, despite being very successful. And as Axios pointed out, they have a really high valuation, but some of that valuation is based on the business that they just decided to close. So, yes. And then it's like, I, I think the biggest problem is, or I think the biggest thing that they will have to deal with is do customers still trust them? And then yesterday, Business Insider came out with a piece that I was reading where they t they talked to a couple of founders about, you know, what's the future of Carta. And, you know, some of them said, you know, there are other businesses out there that have better pricing. Those would be AngelList and Pulley were two mentioned. And there was an investor who said, you know, if, if people are looking to shop around, AngelList and Pulley are just as good, if not better. There was one investor who found that AngelList actually had better pricing. So switched from Carta to, to AngelList two years ago. So I think we'll see, you know, some people may just feel like it's not worth the hassle for me to switch my information. I did read a couple of people saying that they thought chat GPT could do what Carta does. So that will be interesting to see oh. if that is true. It's kind of a weird scandal because I I also was reading a, uh, an article about healthcare companies potentially selling your data to advertisers. And to me, like, it kind of feels very similar. Like if my healthcare company that I trust to protect my information is selling my information to advertisers. That's a little shady and it, it kind of, that feels like the relatable, <laughs> the yeah. relatable thing for non-founders is like, just imagine you're paying a company to manage and protect your data and then they use that data to try to make a profit off you. Of course, and it, with data privacy being so important, it's something that we discuss a lot here actually, but that being uh -huh. so important in this era, it, it does seem like companies should put that extra investment in creating trust with their customers. But if, if Carta doesn't want to, continue to build that trust, it seems like it, it might flounder a bit soon. But obviously, a, a over $7 billion valuation seems like it bodes well, but let's see how the year plays out for them and if they have any more scandals or if they're able to kind of swing the PR in a good direction for themselves. Mm -hmm. And it seems like he's trying, but I'm just wondering if like maybe it's too late. And also, I will say mm -hmm. my favorite thing about this entire story has nothing really to do with any of it. Since this whole thing kind of happened in public on X, um, it unfolded, and then he wrote a big, a big, a big X. Like he must have, he must pay for the service because it's a lot of characters. But the way that it starts is, was making, it, it starts uh, getting back to this now, was making dinner in parentheses American beef stew by Kenji, by the way. And I'm like, wait, I want to know more about this stew. I think it might be really good beef stew from Kenji's cooking show. And I think if you Google that, 
you can find a YouTube video on how to make this stew for yourself. And wow. then you can immerse yourself in this scandal with a hearty beef stew. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that is going to do it for us today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show. We are a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Ezra Trippiano, and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, go get yourself signed up at thehustle.co slash email. And we will see you tomorrow. Hey, everybody, I got a great podcast to tell you about. It's called Truth, Lies, and Work, and it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On this show, you can join husband and wife team Alan, Leanne, Elliot, as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. They actually just did an episode with John Smith, who is the manager and agent of famous Argentinian soccer player Diego Maradona. He talks about in this episode how he was able to manage the global superstar athlete celebrity that Maradona is and was. It's a great listen. You better get out there and check it out. And you can listen to Truth, Lies, and Work wherever you get your podcasts.